Yo. Yo. Check one, check two. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience audio. It's to rob you, sports do show. Is that so? I give you a gut check like Bill Belichick. Hustle ill, son, like Russell Wilson. Plus, I don't need the wolf pack. I got a six pack with the abs, no plastic attached. Nah, I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> I want to welcome you back to the Rob You Sports Stew Show for week number two. Coming off a great week number one opening season, opening kickoff for the NFL for the 2019 season. Also, I want to give a big shout out to my anchor audience and everybody checking me out on the podcast. Try to keep these podcasts coming for y'all, so check them out. And if you watch it on YouTube, I still appreciate that love too. If you want to leave a comment, like, subscribe, everything else like that, y'all know what it is. But first, I'm going to talk about my picks from last week, coming off of week one, where I picked uh, 15 games. And in week one, I was 11, 3, and 1. So that was a pretty impressive record to myself. Just considering it's week one and you don't know how the game is going to turn out. And that's not considering different point spreads. That's strictly on a which team was going to win, which team was going to lose type basis. So let's take a look at some of the, the closest games and my best guesses. Definitely that Houston-New Orleans game where I said Houston would score 27 points and they actually scored 28. And the New Orleans Saints... I said they would score 31, and they actually scored 30. So in both of those teams, I was off by one point of what they actually scored. So coming into week two, we had some pretty interesting storylines. Still a lot of drama and uncertainty for uh, Antonio Brown, A.B., as he was able to avoid or force his way out of playing for the Oakland Raiders this year. I guess maybe he didn't want to be there. Maybe there was something that he knew that we didn't know or something that he experienced on the team or with the crew and staff and management and executives that he just felt like he'd rather be somewhere else. But basically, he was missing a lot of practice and he had certain reasons or whatever, the helmet, the foot, and then it was the fines and him and whatever happened between him and the GM, Mike Mayock. And then finally, I guess... After he apologized, they said everything was straight, and then they gave him a fine for all the everything else that was going on, the whole, you know, shebang. And I guess after he saw that fine, he said, I don't even want to be here anymore. Let me Just let me go, because y'all keep messing with my money. But it also seemed like he was messing with his money. And he was able to get his release request granted, and miraculously <laughs> ended up playing for the New Orleans I'm sorry, the New England Patriots. So that was um, a surprising turn of events, to say the least. But there, there were always some people already speculating that the Patriots had eyes for A.B. and they really respected his talent and what he brought to the field. But another surprise, when they finally did acquire him, there began some speculation and a lawsuit looming silver lawsuit of some alleged inappropriate sexual activity with a former trainer so this is some very serious stuff and maybe some of this has to do with why ab might have been acting out in oakland 
or some of the things he's going through or experiencing. And who knows the real truth of this situation. So we have to wait and see how it unfolds and how the NFL will handle this and will they be able to protect the shield, so to speak, or will it be a situation where he's innocent to a proven guilty so they're not going to really be too harsh on him. However, they do plan to meet with the woman who has made these accusations and charges against Brown. Like I said, it's going to be in civil court, and she is. it says she's requesting a trial by jury. So this will be a very interesting scenario, and it's just another twist and uh, A.B. Trially, finally trying to get on the field, which supposedly he will play this week in week number two as the uh, New England Patriots will be taking on the Miami Dolphins. And then you have to watch out for Odell. You got to watch out because this is a man playing with a watch on. And they're saying, why you have to watch on? He's saying it's no big deal. Y'all just making a big deal because it's me. But in reality... He's probably the only player in the league to wear a watch on the field. And supposedly it's because of an endorsement deal or maybe a relationship he has with the watchmaker. So I suppose he's doing that for some kind of financial benefit. And who knows how it's going to unfold the rest of the season. They said the NFL was going to talk to him about it. And maybe some people on the team will lean on him to just, you know, leave the watch thing alone. But who knows. But the main story is going to be with these Browns. How can this team come together and what are they going to be able to, to do over the long haul of the season after so much potential and so much promise in the preseason? And then in week one, they came out and they wasn't really as explosive as people would have hoped and liked them to be. And regardless of the watch or how many beer cans they bite in, these Browns are going to have to come to play if they're going to make the dog pound proud. So watch out for Odell Beckham. In other news. On Thursday Night Football, we had the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay defeating the Carolina Panthers with a final score of 20-14. to In this game, it was notable that Cam Newton was not the first go-to option on the final play call, which would have gave the Panthers a go-ahead win. So on this play, they ran a, they ran a fake reverse with the, with like they were going to throw a pass to Cam Newton out of the backfield, but... Unfortunately, the play was sniffed out pretty good by Tampa Bay, and Christian McCaffrey was un unable to reach the goal line. But a lot of people were speculating on why they just didn't put the ball into Cam's hand, Cam's hands and let him go over the top as he's done so many times previously, or just power his way forward because of his size and strength. But I believe because of Cam's physical physical condition right now, I don't think they want to risk too much. I believe he's healthy enough to play, but it's like you don't want to aggravate something already aggravated, and he still may need time for certain injuries to heal before he feels comfortable doing something like that, and the team feels comfortable calling that kind of play when it could cost him to be more injured than he already is. Plus, you got to give your hats off to him because you can tell he's trying and he's putting forth a good effort. However, as of now, the Panthers have been unable to get their first W of the season. So we'll see how things unfold with these Panthers as the season progresses. And then in the nation's capital, we have Juice, Geis, and back to Peterson. When head coach Jay Gruden sat Adrian Peterson in week one, 
when Peterson was healthy enough to play. Who would have known in week two he would need the same man he sat when he was healthy to come in and be the star starting running back. As Geis has gone down for the Redskins and it's believed he'll miss the remainder of the season. And on that note, I'm going to mention a few other players who were injured in week one. And some of the other players who were injured in week one were Nick Foles, who was just acquired by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And also, you have, like I said, Geis, who I mentioned previously. And also, Jonathan Abrams, the safety for the Oakland Raiders. And as a player, I know that has to be painful to be injured in the first game of the season when you worked out so hard, you practiced, you learned the plays, and you came into the game thinking that you would play all season and have a have a nice season and be able to help your team win. And then before you know it, your season is over and it's kind of like back to rehab, back to the, the drawing board, trying to get your body back in that same kind of physical peak condition that you were in before whatever injury can now hinder your health and your physical ability. So you've got to give a shout out to those guys. Hopefully they can heal from their surgeries, come back stronger than ever, and continue to have a, a decent and successful career in the NFL. And moving along, we have the Air Ray Review. And I didn't see the whole game, but I did see some highlights. And one thing you have to respect about those Cardinals is because they stayed in the game, they kept playing, and things looked bad early in the game, but they did some they did some different play calls, they switched it up a little bit, and they were able to come out with a tie. So a tie is better than a loss, it's not a win, but you know the jury is definitely still out on that offense, and how successful can it be long term in the NFL when, you know, NFL is a copycat league and a gimmick offense type of league so if if they can if they can figure out an offense to be a gimmick they're definitely going to exploit it and once one team figures your game out it's like every other team in the nfl knows how to stop what you're trying to do if it's not sustainable long term over the season and they have a great run in the back in johnson so it'll be interesting to see how they feature him still have veteran receivers larry legend also crabtree there to assist Kyler Murray as they pro progress forward with the season. So we'll see what they we'll see what they come out with for the rest of the season, because you know, as a as a staff and as a coaching staff and as an offense, they know some plays they might have thought would be effective weren't just weren't effective, and some things they might have thought would go for big games didn't transpire that way either. So we'll see how they adjust moving forward. And then I told you last week. Jackson gains ground, and Jackson definitely gained a lot of ground in week one going against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jackson had the Baltimore offense looking very explosive out there, which was a big change from how Baltimore is viewed mostly throughout the NFL as a defensive team. And especially to be so explosive with them with them saying before that it was going to be more run-oriented, it just shows how much that threat of the run opened up that offense, especially with the addition, star young receiver, Hollywood Brown, and looks like Jackson and Brown are going to have a nice connection moving forward to the rest of the season, and that's going to open up the running game even more 
the threat of the deep ball. So continue to look for the Ravens to do big things. And then you have turn back the clock time with Sammy Watkins and Vernon Davis. Sammy Watkins looking like those old Clemson days. He's now, I guess, 100% healthy. He's able to really show his arsenal of his talent and what he's capable of doing on the field. And Vernon Davis with emotional game. He had the loss of his grandfather. And this guy actually hurdled somebody on the field and took a long pass as an athletic tight end. So got to give those guys props. And coming up next, I'm going to have my week two picks for the Rob You Sports Stew Show. And welcome back. And welcome back to part two of the Rob You Sports Stew Show for week two NFL. 2019 season. Now let's take a look at Pharaoh Knicks picks for week two of the NFL season. One o'clock games. We got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Detroit Lions. I think Los Angeles will continue to have offensive firepower and even though Detroit will have a stout defense, I don't think they'll be able to keep pace with the Chargers as far as scoring-wise, I think it will be a close game, however. But the Los Angeles Chargers will prevail 27, Detroit Lions 20. And then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Jacksonville has been up and down defensively. Last week, they lost their brand-newly acquired star quarterback, Nick Foles. So there will be a, a, a new quarterback taking the helm for the Jaguars. That Houston Texans defense is pretty good, led by J.J. Watt. Solid defense. And Houston has some firepower. How will the Jaguars secondary, led by Ramsey, be able to counter the Houston receivers? It's going to be a tricky one. But in the end, I think the Houston Texans will prevail with a final score of 31 over the Jaguars, 21. And then we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. And in this game, one thing that the Green Bay showed us last week is they're surprisingly stout on defense, and I think a lot better defensively than people would have thought they would have been or been given them credit for. But this is going to be different because Vikings are known for their firepower, and they also don't have a very stout defense themselves. Now, these teams know each other very well, but in the end, I think the Vikings will prevail over the Green Bay Packers in a close, low-scoring game, defensive battle. 17 Vikings, Packers 13. Then we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh came out pretty flat last week against, against the Patriots in a game that ended 33-3. And it kind of it kind of reassured and reaffirmed what people have been thinking and saying about them or how are they gonna play this year without Antonio Bryant Brown, excuse me, and how are these receivers gonna be able to step up to fill that void, not to mention everyone else. 
So with these Steelers and these Seahawks, I believe this, the Steelers will have some success offensively, but I don't think it will be enough to prevail against Seahawks. Stingy defense, I think they're going to get after Big Ben. Also, stout running game, Russell Wilson matriculating the ball down the field. Final score, Seattle 24, Pittsburgh 14. Then it's the San Fran 49ers, who've been surprisingly explosive against the Cincinnati Bengals, still without A.J. Green. And in this game, I have San Fran 28, Cincinnati 24. And then it's the Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans, who pulled off a, a great team victory last week and really surprised, I believe, a lot of people as they made the Browns look pretty bad. In this game, I believe Tennessee will continue their successful ways and win against the Colts with a final score of 24 Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts 16. And then we have the New England Patriots versus the Miami Dolphins. And this is one of those games where people say this game probably shouldn't even be played because supposedly the Dolphins are tanking this season or don't care, players don't care, or management doesn't care. But somebody down there doesn't care, supposedly. And there were rumors that team teammates were going to be upset if they traded away certain players. And I believe some of those players were traded away. So will it be a mutiny with Coach Flores down there in his first year? Or will he be able to rally the troops and get them all on the same page? But we'll have to see how that unfolds in, that, in the Miami Dolphins locker room. And if that team will be able to come together. Because we're hearing a lot of separation down there. Then you have New England, who newly acquired receiver Brown, A.B., just to make the Patriots a little more explosive. So Brady's going to have his pick, and I bet his favorite receiver is going to be the open receiver. So in this game, I have the Patriots winning with a score of 34 over the Dolphins, 16. And then we have the Dallas Cowboys. Versus the excuse me the Washington Nationals. <laughs> in this game, we have Cowboys explosive offense going against Redskins above average or decent offense. We had to see which how the quarterback performs in this game. How was the return of Adrian Peterson to the running back game? How to the running game? How's that going to affect their success? Will he be able to move the ball against a stingy Dallas front seven? And it's going to be it's going to be a, a close game, I believe. I believe Adrian Peterson will bring some physicality, but I think he's going to need more of a team effort for the Redskins to pull this one out. And I do have the Dallas Cowboys winning with a score of thirty-one to seventeen. And then there's the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Giants in the Battle of New York. And in this game, the Buffalo Bills are one of those up and down teams. You never know what how they're gonna play week in and week out. And the Giants are seem like they're kinda on the, the the decline. I don't know if that offense has much besides their running back Barkley. Other than that, they have some injuries at receiver. And I think they're lacking a few explosive players that you see some of these other teams have who have more success 
scoring large large numbers of touchdowns per game. And with, with that lack of ex explosive firepower and the Buffalo Bills being able to just key on Saquon, I believe the Bills will beat the Giants in a close game with a final score of Buffalo 24, New York Giants 16. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Oakland Raiders. And Kansas City, I definitely believe, will continue their explosive ways with that firepower, with Pat Mahomes at the helm, with a healthy Sammy Watkins. And although Tyreek Hill is out, they do have Shady McCoy, and they do have a few other weapons at their disposal who may not be household names, but they do have Travis Kelsey, who is a, probably a household name for a lot of you, who's one of the top tight ends in the league. So I definitely believe Kansas City Chiefs will be able to continue their offensive explosives. And the final score will be Kansas City 38, Oakland Raiders 27. Then you have the Chicago Bears, who lost a close game last week. And then you have the Denver Broncos. And in, in this game, both teams is looking for their first win of the season. And I believe that the Chicago Bears defense will lead this team to a win over the Broncos with a final score, Chicago Bears 17, Denver Broncos 13. Then you have the New Orleans Saints versus the Los Angeles Rams. And this is definitely a revenge game. This is a get-back game. These teams have a lot of bad blood based off of what happened last year. And they they don't like each other. And they don't like the refs either, especially the Saints. And they know this is going to be a highly scrutinized game, especially the pass interference calls. But I believe that the Saints will go into Los Angeles and pull out a close win with a final score of 24-21. So this is going to be definitely be one of the games of the day. And then the Sunday night game, we got the Philadelphia Eagles flying south to ATL to take on the Falcons. And in this game, I definitely believe the Philadelphia Eagles will prove to have an offensive firepower that the Falcons can't handle. And see a final score of Philadelphia Eagles 28, Atlanta Falcons 20. And finally, in the Monday night game, we have those scrappy, watch-wearing, beer-biting, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, dog pound, coming out to New York Jets. Don't kiss them in the, don't even say it. <laughs> the New York Jets will be without their star quarterback, who resembles the Lego man. But I'm just playing, y'all know what I'm talking about. He recently acquired an illness and will have to miss a few weeks. But hopefully he'll have a speedy recover, recovery and be able to come back and help those New York Jets do what they do what they can this year, especially with the addition of Le'Veon Bell and the loss of Quincy Inunua, who was a, a, definitely a very underrated, talented receiver. Now we have those Cleveland Browns. How will they bounce back from last week? where they just looked like they looked good in one or two drives and after that it was just like I guess 
the Titans adjusted to what they were trying to do offensively, going down the field and trying to get some of their some of their receivers in some good positions. But they just didn't really look too good. And then Baker had a few interceptions. And there were a few calls I know he didn't like with the refs trying to protect him. And he's trying to still scramble. But a few of those interceptions were just like garbage time interceptions. So it doesn't really matter too much. But there were some ill-advised passes. And that's just a lesson or a tip for a lot of players in the game especially at that high level people are going to scrutinize different things that you do and different ways that you come across and express yourself because when they see that kind of behavior they want to see okay now what's his professional football behavior we've seen him when he's out doing his thing and he's you know he has his sauce he has his swag he's doing what he does but now it's time to actually get on the football field and see how can you come together as a team for a team effort, put the egos aside, put the nicknames aside, put the pride aside, and how can we win this game? What can we do to win this game if we really want to win, if everybody's really there to win? Some are just there for the money. Some are there for the fame. Some are just there because they love the game. And some are there because they want to win. And that's what they really dedicate themselves to. So we'll see what's next for these Cleveland Browns. And this is going to be the, the the Monday night game. So, you know, basically the whole NFL will be watching coming at you from the New York Jets, New York Giants Stadium. We'll see how this game unfolds. But honestly, I have the Cleveland Browns bouncing back, especially with the, with the loss of the Jets star quarterback who's kind of coming into his own. No problem. <laughs> and, and like I said, I had the Cleveland Browns winning with a final score of 24 to 20 over the Jets. And that's going to be it for another episode of the Rob U Sports 2 Show. I want to thank you for checking me out. Be sure to share this episode, like it, comment, subscribe, hate, retweet. No, I don't hate, I'm going block you. See you next time. Peace.